and welcome to the Not Your Type podcast, aimed to uplift and empower everyone in the diabetic community, from supporters to professionals, and of course, those living with it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Type podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Gothi, or should I say Miss Polk County 2023? If you've been a loyal listener, you've probably heard about the fact that I compete in the Miss Iowa Scholarship Program. And you also probably know that it is a huge part of my life. It's actually why a lot of you are probably listening to this podcast is because I post about it all the time on my title holder pages, and I even promote my title holder pages on this podcast in the show notes, which is a hint to go check them out. And this organization is actually what gave me the confidence in the first place and the platform to even start this podcast. The Miss Iowa Scholarship Program is the state competition that's within the Miss America program, which is probably something you've heard of before. I know many people, especially young girls, remember watching Miss America every year, whether it was back in the day when it was a time-honored tradition or even now as it has evolved over time. There are multiple levels within this organization, starting at the local level, which is what I represent as Miss Polk County. So since I was crowned Miss Polk County, I am now eligible to compete for the state title, which is Miss Iowa, in June. And if I win the state title, I then am qualified to compete for the national title of Miss America, which is like the ultimate, ultimate dream. Now, even if you've heard of Miss America, I realize that not many people fully understand what competitions or pageantry like this program, like Miss America, is. And they tend to get confused when they try to figure out what it means and what it is that I really do as a title holder. So today I wanted to dedicate this episode to talk about not just Miss America, but what it is like, what it means to compete as a diabetic in these spaces. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start with a little history about what Miss America is. A few weeks ago with my last episode, you met Charlie Harper, who also competes in the Miss America program and kind of inspired me to formally introduce what this is. She is Miss Fitzgerald 2023 in Georgia, and she talked a bit about what it meant to her to compete in this organization. And I'll go into my own reasons why later, But let's dive into what Miss America really is about. When people often think of pageantry, they tend to envision the classic stereotypical toddlers and tiaras TLC show. Even my own parents did. When I was begging my mom to compete at just 10 years old, she was adamant about not letting me because she didn't want me to turn into, quote unquote, one of those girls. But Miss America is really far from that, and we realize that within the first local I competed in. Miss America started in 1921 as a bathing beauties competition that was meant to extend the summer season on the Atlantic City boardwalk in New Jersey. The audiences continued to grow over the years, and it eventually evolved into a tradition that resembled the ideals of the American people, so to speak, at that time. As the competition grew, it expanded to show how well-rounded these women were, not just how they looked in a swimsuit, not just their measurements. 
And they did that by adding a talent portion, having public speaking be a factor, and adding community service to make sure their year-long reign as Miss America was more than just infomercials and sponsorships. It was supposed to be impactful and really personal to really differentiate those different Miss Americas from year to year. Now, the competition that I compete in looks very different from the one it started as. For starters, we are not even called a pageant anymore. Miss America is a scholarship competition. So more than 100 years later, our mission statement is preparing great women for the world and the world for great women. And it does that by offering a platform for us to speak on. It provides us professional development and scholarship money to attend higher education and better ourselves so that way we can tackle the world, whether it's through our schooling or in the workforce, and be true leaders and change makers in those spaces. The phases of competition have actually recently changed, just even this year. And something you might remember is the swimsuit portion. But while swimsuit was taken away in 2018, we have added a fitness portion back in, not through swimsuit, but through an active wear competition through our sponsors, Rebel Athletic. Now, some other phases besides fitness include private interview, which is 10 minutes long with the judges, where they can ask you anything under the sun. I mean, I'm talking, what's your favorite color and why? Which can jump straight to, how do we solve this societal problem? We also have talent, which is only 90 seconds long, or her story, which is similar to a pitch, thinking Shark Tank or sharing your personal story. For my talent, I sing. I'm a music teacher. I've sung ever since, and I'll go more into how that got me into this competition in the first place later on. We have evening gown, which is also a staple of the Miss America organization. We always remember the women walking the long boardwalk in their beautiful gowns, just looking so poised, elegant, and graceful. And then finally, we have onstage question. There's also a Community Service Initiative, or CSI for short, which is a cause that we advocate for during our year of service. Every contestant has one, whether you're competing to earn a local title, you're not even a local title holder yet, or you are already advancing to the next round. Mine, of course, is about diabetes. And that led me to feel confident enough to start this podcast because I'd done so much work, because I knew I wanted to continue advocating further to advance my cause, to advance my CSI, that I felt like this would be a great next step. Now, having heard about Miss America, a quick clarification. The system I compete in versus other systems. There are so many competitions and pageants out there with different values, different phases of competition, etc., One is definitely not better than the other. It's really about the right fit for you, and you can compete in different systems. Just because I compete in Miss America now is not stopping me from competing in Miss USA or National American Miss in the future. I was drawn to Miss America because they have the talent portion, whereas other systems don't always have that. Miss America is also a scholarship program, like I mentioned earlier, so that means I earn scholarship dollars by winning extra awards and holding these titles, But other systems have different sorts of prize packages, whether it's photo shoots, it might be getaway trips, it may be cash prizes. There are so many differences between a lot of them, but ultimately most pageants or competitions are meant to empower and uplift these women that are competing. People also often conflate Miss USA with Miss America, 
even though they are different programs. That seems to be the one that people tend to confuse with each other the most. In Miss USA, they have a private interview, they have the evening gown, and then they have swimsuit. And a final question is only for those in the final five. Many people in this organization jumpstart their modeling and hosting careers from this organization, which can also happen from Miss America, but we really see that happen with Miss USA. Both of these systems, however, offer women a platform to impact others on the local, the state level, national, and even international level. Now, Miss America is really the end of the road for the Miss America organization, but Miss USA goes on to Miss Universe, which Miss USA won Miss Universe this year, which is so incredible. By offering women professional development and really a seat at the table for these big conversations, we are able to show just how much change we can enact. And that's frankly why I continue competing. A lot of those who compete will often share their why. You'll hear people say, this is my why. It's the reason that they are competing for an organization, a specific title, a system, etc. And these whys may change over the years. I know that mine has. When I first started at 10 years old, my why was drastically different. I saw my cousin compete at a local competition for Miss America, and I was just so enamored by the talent competition. It made me so excited. And I guess I turned to my mom and begged her to let me do it because I just wanted to sing for people. It was something I love to do. And she said, no. (laughs) I didn't like getting my hair done. I didn't like wearing dresses or even shoes for that matter. So she thought, why would I want to compete in a beauty pageant? And again, she didn't want me to be one of those girls thinking I would turn bratty or snotty or self-involved. But after continuously asking her and just breaking her down, she figured, okay, she'll do just one. She'll lose. She'll get it out of her system. Never do it again. But little did either of us know that by competing in my hometown competition, I would earn the title of Junior Miss Scott County and be hooked ever since. So back then, my why was centered around performance opportunities. I loved singing every chance I got. I wanted to perform on more stages with more people in the audience to make a bigger impact. I just loved it. It was my favorite thing and still is my favorite thing. That's why I became a music teacher. And along the way, I made friends and really enjoyed the service work that we got to do. But it wasn't until my diabetes diagnosis a year later that my why would really change. After I finished out that whole year of service as Junior Miss Scott County, weeks later, I was in the hospital being told I was a type 1 diabetic. I knew before that that I wanted to continue in this organization and keep competing, but Upon my diagnosis, I didn't know if that would be possible with this new life. I didn't see other diabetic women competing at the time, so I figured it just really wasn't in the cards for me. After about a day of learning and processing and reflecting, little 11-year-old Alyssa decided she would be the one that others would look up to. So that second day in the hospital, I decided this would be my community service initiative And I really just had a renewed sense of purpose. Since then, my why has largely been focused on my service work. It started that day in the hospital where I wanted to use this outlet of service to work through my own grief 
and hopelessness by helping others through this disease, including myself. Over time, that's also changed, and it's no longer just about helping see an end to diabetes, although that is, of course, still a central mission of mine. But now it's really evolved into being a leader that enacts change with the work I've done and the work I plan to do. I'm able to represent those who don't feel like they have a voice because through this organization, I was able to find mine again. And even just talking about that now is making me emotional. I'm not trying to cry on the podcast, but it just meant everything to have that outlet of service save my life truly when I needed it most. And I really feel like my diagnosis intersected at a time when I was first starting in this organization for a reason, and now I get to be a leader for that reason. So getting to represent type 1 diabetics in this program is so, so important to me. It really wasn't until I was about 14 years old that I even saw a diabetic compete at Miss America through my time in this organization. And seeing that validation of Miss Idaho wearing her insulin pump back when swimsuit was still around and you could see the pump on her and her being the finals for Miss America, that validation of knowing I belonged here was everything. When I started competing again as a diabetic, I felt so different already from my peers at school and I still felt different from everyone around me because I was the only diabetic competing, which meant competing looked very different for me. I had to be aware of my blood sugars before I went into an interview. Even recently, I had a mock interview where my continuous glucose monitor went off and I had to learn how to deal with that. And I remember coming out of that practice feeling like it was so unfair that this was an extra obstacle I had to deal with when preparing for a competition of any nature already presents so many struggles for everyone. And having those added ones made it so frustrating and so difficult, especially when I was newly diagnosed and I was dealing with the grief and the self-consciousness of feeling different. I feel like with this cause too, we are often shouting into a void where people who don't have experience with T1D simply don't care or don't engage. But to pave the way to make people see it and feel the importance is so vital for our community. I just feel so lucky and so blessed to be representation for people just like me. And because of that, I really want to take this time with the platform that I have through this podcast to highlight other people in our program and through pageantry in general that are doing the same exact thing, that are here to represent diabetics and advance the cause to see an end. So some of these people I've met, some have even been on the podcast. I'm hoping to get more. And others are some that I follow that are continuing to fight for our community or our diabetics. So starting off, Miss America 1984, Vanessa Williams. She is probably one of the most well-known Miss Americas. She was the first African-American Miss America. And although she was not diabetic at the time she was serving as Miss America, she was later diagnosed and now lives as a T1D. Miss America 1999, Nicole Johnson was the first and only Miss America so far, hopefully until me, fingers crossed, that has been diabetic and advocated for it during her year. 
She now works for the American Diabetes Association. She's also worked with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And the coolest part ever, not only is she my favorite Miss America, she has emailed me, guys. She has emailed me thanking me for the work that I was doing. And when I tell you I cried and geeked out and immediately called my mom, oh my gosh, it literally meant the world. So Miss America 1999, forever my favorite. So much love for her. Miss Idaho 2014 also advocated on the national stage, Sierra Sanderson. She was that first title holder that I saw in my time competing that was proudly advocating for type 1 diabetes. And so she will always also be a role model to me and someone that sticks out in my mind. Miss Wyoming 2017, Cheyenne Buert also did this. She was diagnosed in 2010. Miss Wisconsin 2021 very recently advocated for both type 1 and type 2 diabetes based on her grandmother's diagnosis, Jennifer Schmidt. She also worked for the American Diabetes Association. Miss Virginia's teen 2021, Ella Strickland, who has reached out to me before on TikTok. Miss South Carolina 2022, who was on the podcast as Miss Hartsville 2022 before she won the state title, Jill Dudley. And although her initiative has now changed into something more personal for herself, which is wonderful, at the time she won, she was advocating for T1D based on her brother's diagnosis. Miss Michigan USA 2017 in the Miss USA system, Krista Ferguson. Miss Edwardsville 2023, who was Miss Springfield 2022 in Illinois, Ariel Michael. She was on the podcast. I think she was one of my first guests. So she's going back to Miss Illinois. Miss Taunton 2023 in Massachusetts, Lily Jeswald, who was on the podcast last year as Miss Lakeville 2022. So she's heading back to Miss Massachusetts. Miss Fitzgerald, who we recently had on, Charlie Harper in Georgia. Miss Rock Island's teen 2023 in Illinois, Grace Gregg, who I've had the pleasure of meeting. And Miss Elkins area 2023 in West Virginia, Jennifer Ruther. This is by no means an exhaustive list because I know there are so many more incredible representatives throughout the pageantry circuit who are dedicated just like I am, just like we are, to advocating for the diabetes community. And even though I can't list all of them and these are just the first that I could either find or know or brought to mind, I hope that by hearing these names, you are not just half listening, but are really hearing how many people out there are representing us and the importance of the work that we do. There is that saying, you can't be what you can't see. And these women are proving that we are being seen, we will be seen, and we will make a difference. And who knows, maybe they'll be on a podcast episode soon. So whether you compete in pageantry or competitions like Miss America or not, any space where we can uplift diabetics' voices will advance our cause and is a feat to be so proud of. My goal this summer is to become the first diabetic Miss Iowa because I want to make that representational history that our community frankly needs and deserves. That our community and this program frankly needs and deserves. It is my mission to make pageantry more accessible, to make it more representational, to make it more inclusive. And it's also my goal to be that representative light for type 1 diabetics and 
The best way I can think of is by making history for our program and for T1Ds. So please follow along on my journey as in about two months from now when this podcast episode is released, I will be competing for Miss Iowa 2023, hopefully for the final time getting to make history. And you can follow my journey to the crown at Miss Polk County 2023 on social media, on TikTok at Miss Polk County, and even on this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned more about Miss America and other systems and even about what it's like to represent in those spaces. And ultimately, of course, I hope you feel inspired that people are out there doing the work for us. Until next time.